Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Jake in the Paint podcast. Today, I'm here with Sam Herbst, my guy from New Jersey. What is up? What is up? <laughs> Sam texted me after the first podcast I ever did, and he said they liked the podcast. And whenever I was around to talk NBA, he'd love to come on. So he's in town right now for my sister's bat mitzvah. So it just worked Self, out. Self-proclaimed bas- NBA aficionado. I, uh, I was, was going to get into it. I was going to. I've heard. So Sam is best family friends with my cousins and all my camp friends. And once I told them they were, I was having Sam on, they were like, "Oh, Sam is the NBA guy." So you don't have to do it yourself. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I got you. big expectations. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a great podcast, and uh, coming here, very excited. Very excited for Dylan's that. bat mitzvah. And Sam and I have been boys since like my first year of camp. Sam's two years older than me. He's a senior right now. He's going to Wisconsin next year. So go hope, badge, go badge. So visit, Wisconsin. visit him next year. See what's good out there. But anyways, we're going to talk everything NBA from the playoffs, a big offseason coming up with free agency and the draft. We're going to put our sh- put ourselves in the shoes of some GMs, see what we would do in some controversial moves in terms of re-signing players who we're going to go after in free agency, and what are we going to do in the draft to take the future of our franchise. So Sam actually was at the Wizards game last night. Game yeah, I'll, t- I'll talk about that for a little bit. So um, we're going to let him talk about that. It's an interesting fan experience. I, I, I've never been sold on the Raptors until last night. I think you, you don't get a feel of what a team is actually like until you go watch them in person. And watching the Raptors, I was so impressed. Uh-huh. I, I, the team, I, I never watched an NBA team and thought, wow, like they look like they have team chemistry yeah. and they look like they're one unit. The Raptors, the bench was playing the, the bench big minutes so in the good. fourth quarter. Dude. It was like DeLon Wright, Pardo Van was Vliet. so good. They put, they, so put Pirtle, they put Siakam on John Wall yeah. for the entire second half. And watching that, I was like, that's a great idea. Siakam, John Wall is just going to drive to the hoop every time. Then yeah. go ahead, put Siakam on him. And I just thought the Wizards, I think Gortat is just a negative. Yeah, I think Markeith yeah, Morris needs to do better on the boards. I think um, just watching the two benches during the game, I thought the Raptors bench was very engaged, yeah. very into the game where it kind of looked like depression on the face of the mm-hmm. Wizards in game six of At home. of uh, of the playoffs. But I thought um, they ran Bradley Beal off maybe one off-ball screen the entire game. Um, I thought John Wall, Gortat gets the ball within anywhere inside the three-point line, and he immediately looks for John Wall and just looks to pass it out. But um, – I thought the Wizards actually in the first quarter you saw they played so well yeah, in transition. Like eight at the end of the They're finding yeah. Ubre and and Beal for three, but I just thought the Raptors team basketball really uh, pushed them past the Wizards, yeah. Wizards last night. Honestly, like I think that's such an underrated point though, watching NBA teams in person because it's like you watching basketball a team playing per, a team playing person versus on TV. You pick up so many different things that you don't see on TV, like the bench energy, right, right. Uh, the body language, all that stuff. And honestly, like. In D.C., most of my friends are Wizards fans. It's, it's the same story every single year. It's like Bradley Beal doesn't shoot enough. Bradley Beal doesn't score enough. The bench sucks. John Wall doesn't do this. Gortat's a negative. Like, all the stuff right, you're saying. Right. So, I mean, I think they need to make some moves. We'll get into that later. But it's always I mean, they're, they're in a tight cap spot. Yeah. We'll talk about that I mean, later. Well, it's but when, when you sign Otto Porter. They got like $95 million dollars yeah. like tied up with Porter, Beal, and Wall. Yeah. So, we'll talk about what they can do after this. And... But I mean, it's kind of the same. It's a sad old cycle for the for the Wizards. I mean, you do have two All Stars in the backcourt, and you can never get really make it. Argu- the arguably a top top five backcourt in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, those are your two All Stars well, right like there: Curry, Thompson, Lillard, McCollum, uh, DeRozan, Lowry. Like they're up there. They're up there, definitely up there. And they, they got the be. talent. So, I, 
they need some pieces around them for sure, for sure. All right, so moving on down, OKC last night. Uh, Do you get to watch the game? I, I I watched. Did you see the last like minute? I watched. I watched the entire second half, and it, the game was. The game was just like the entire series. I watched. Uh, it was forty-one, forty-one at the half. Uh-huh. I think. And do you see Mitchell's move before Mitchell, the Mitchell end of the half? Is so good. He I, is I didn't legit. catch the move, but he's so good. It honestly makes no sense, and it proves why how scouting is so hard. Like Mitchell is six-three right. shooting guard, and was basically a volume scorer. I believe he averaged like sixteen a game on forty percent from the field, and like he comes in and is just so good in the NBA. Did you? So a question I was asking a lot of my friends and. Uh, saw I posted online somewhere on Reddit. It's yeah. my squad. NBA <laughs> discussion on Reddit. Um, I think a question I asked was, who scores the most total points in the playoffs, taking into account games played? Uh-huh. So it would be Simmons, Tatum, or Mitchell. Overwhelming response was Simmons. Yeah. But Mitchell's on an his, a historic I tear. I think the Sixers, if we think they're legit, they could go out, like very far, and Simmons I, I could outpace legit. Mitchell. But yeah. Mitchell, nobody said that he was going to score the most points. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of surprised everyone was saying Simmons. Because, like, even if you take into account, yeah, like, everyone thought, stunt, I mean, the Jazz were going to get bounced in the first round. But, like, Simmons isn't really that much of a score. Like, Donovan can go all for three right, that's every true. single night. That's true. Any given night. And but, he's also their team's guy. Yeah, he, he's the guy. He's the number one guy. Yeah. But Especially with Ruby, Rubio going out last night. Yeah. He played a lot of point guard in the yeah. second half. Talk about Russ. Because Russ put on one of the more interesting performances I've ever seen, honestly, because it was like in the third quarter, you're like, all right, he's single-handedly keeping them in the game. Like, this is crazy. He's shooting six of 12 from three. And then the fourth quarter, it was just like embarrassing at this point. Oh, how many times is he he ever going to stop shooting? Is he ever going to pass? Is he ever going to create for someone else? So you have some opinions on Russ. I want to hear him because... I'm I'm a Russ believer. I I think Presti locked him up last year to a long-term contract for a ton of money. Mm -hmm. I think... I think he might search for triple doubles at times, yeah. and that could be a flaw. But I do think with the right coaching, um, I don't think Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, he doesn't keep him in check. I he I doesn't. don't know. I don't know if Billy Donovan's the right guy for Russ's to Russ to reach his potential and the mm-hmm. team to reach their potential with Russ leading the way. I think there definitely is room and a spot for Russ to lead a team into the finals and lead wow. a team very far. I don't, I don't think Russ is the problem. How, but how? How is he? Like, that's my thing. It's like, if Russ couldn't do... Here's the thing. KD, I was listening... It was Will Kane. Yeah. And he was like... KD and his producer was like, KD took a backseat to Russ. Like, how how is KD all of a sudden the guy? Like, he took a backseat to Russ and Will Kane was like, that's the problem. It's like, Russ, I don't understand how he's going to win if he is taking eight to ten more shots, like, all right, not eight to nine exaggeration, but, like, six more shots than KD every game. KD's arguably the best scorer in the world right now, most consistent scorer, and Russ refuses to take a backseat to him. He's turned off Paul George. He turned off Paul George last night and never really allowed him to get going. So my thing with Russ is, like, yeah, he's really impressive. Like, you watch him, like, this guy's so dominant. He gets, he's a great rebounding guard, can get his guys in the offense, involved in the offense at times, and he can get to the basket pretty much any time he, he wants. But it's like something about his play style is that you can't take 43 shots in a playoff game and expect to win and I th- only score 46. You can't, you can't right, go 46 right. on 43. I think, I think if you have Russ and his, his physicality, his athleticism, and what he has besides from his play style, besides from things that could be fixed with coaching, mm-hmm. I think 
like he could lead a team. Paul George went two for sixteen last night. It's not like he no, he's not letting him fair. get his shots that's up. That's the thing. It's like it's, Paul George did get his shots up, but I mean, it's it's just different. It's hard. I mean, it's all ISO basketball. It is. It is. And it's hard. when you're playing ISO basketball and your shots are not in rhythm and yeah. you're you're not running in transition, I think there's no one better at speeding a team up than Russ. That's I think true. if that's he gets true. the board and he pushes, that if he gets the right guys around him who are willing to run and space the floor. and like If you look at Philly and you look at when Simmons gets a rebound, yeah. if you look what happens oh, well, on Philly, you JJ Covington, Sarich, Reddick, yeah. they all go to the three-point line yeah. and, and Bede's running the floor and it's just the perfect situation for Simmons. So I think the Sixers brand of basketball is something that the Thunder need to emulate. That's the key, though. It's for Presti. It's who who is the right guy right, for right. us. Because, I, I mean, we all agreed in the beginning of the season, it's not Paul George who's ball dominant. It's not Melo who's ball dominant. Like, who is he going to bring in that's, like, the perfect fit for us? So, I mean, that's his, that's a challenge Yeah, yeah to him. something to think about. But, I mean, he's one of the best at his job, so hopefully he can come through. And then I have to talk about LeBron. LeBron is LeBron best of all time. So we brought on in New Jersey. There's something in the water there. They all are major LeBron guys. We all go on a trip to the Hamptons at the end of summer and it always ends up. It's an annual fight is LeBron the greatest of all time. And I don't know if you heard on my last podcast, I'm done talking about LeBron versus Jordan. Yeah. All right. We don't have to talk. We're not talking about LeBron versus Jordan because LeBron is great. And that's all there is to it. Um, As a basketball fan, NBA fan for the last 18 years of my life. Um, and all 18 years of my life, I've never been more impressed. It's unreal. more he's unreal. More confident in a basketball player. Like I, I think LeBron is incredible. He is. There, I mean, there's no, there's no other way to put. It. He's six nine, two sixty. He can get to the rim anytime he wants. He's proud. He's the highest IQ, one of the highest IQs in the entire world. I'm I mean, fully on the LeBron is underrated. We don't appreciate LeBron. I'm really? fully on that. I don't, I'm fully on the we don't appreciate LeBron team. That's fair. That's fair. I think when he's retired, you'll be like, wow, I'm not going to see a player like that like right, for a right. while. Like I took that for granted that he was like the best player in the league during my lifetime. And I think that's fair. But I think he gets a lot of credit. But I think he gets like credit in the wrong places. Like No one really talks about like LeBron being one of the greatest passers of all time. At well, six nine. I went to a game eighty one, Knicks Cavs at the Garden, mm-hmm. and I was talking to my dad during the game. It was like LeBron wasn't even looking to score. Yeah. He was literally looking to pass. And mm-hmm. uh he would do a little Harlem Globe charter thing at the top of the key with <laughs> Jeff Green or whoever else they want to throw out there. And then he'd make like a no look pass to Kevin Love cutting baseline or for a three or something. It looked kinda looked like he was going for like a little assist double double, but yeah. I think um LeBron talking about Russ one more time. I think LeBron channels his like he knows when to push what buttons for his team. Mm-hmm. He knows when to yeah, yeah, yeah. he knows when to be that passer because K Love's feeling it. Or he knows when his the rest of his team is only scoring thirty points this game. He knows when he has to score forty four or uh, yeah. hit a game winner. Yeah, no, so that's I true. think I think um he picks his places better than anyone else and he's his basketball IQ is through the roof. Yeah. It, when you watch him in person he's controlling guys and showing them where to go i think that's what makes lebron even better than we see him on the floor i think numbers i think that's the underrated part of him that he knows like he really elevates his team's level because he knows who to give the ball to at what time when to turn it up as a scorer when to facilitate when to turn it up on defense when to conserve energy and i think that's really underrated but that's what you get when you are the leader of your team since you're 18 years old i think he's developed that over time and what that's why he's great on a Lighter note, I think his um, 
great play and outstanding basketball IQ overshadows how weird of a dude LeBron <laughs> actually is. I think um, on Instagram and um, in press conferences, LeBron's got LeBron's a weird dude, and Sheesh. I love that about him. Sheesh, Jason, where you at? <laughs> Sheesh. I no, I love LeBron. I just his his uh, letter to his, himself. After scoring, before scoring thirty thousand points, that was something else. Was something that else. Was something I love else. that. I love LeBron. <laughs> oh, that was so confusing. It's like, what was it? What was the context of that? Like, it's like to my to my young king to, self. Uh, he was he was writing to himself twenty years back. No, I love it. I about love it. like what is going to happen yeah, in his yeah, career. Yeah. See, that's, you got to think. Of He's it. the king. He's the king. He is king. Do whatever he, he wants. Anyways, but how we feel about Game Seven? Pacers are good. Pacers are good. They're, They're good. legit. Yeah, they are. Um, they were on one nationally televised game this year. Count it, one. <laughs> I think um, Oladipo is playing out of his mind this year. I yeah. think he lost a lot of weight this offseason. Um, Bogdanovich, Thad Young Russ, having a great he season. Also, he also got rid of Russ. He also got got rid of Russ. Yeah, that's, another, <laughs> that's some other weight he dropped this offseason. <laughs> but um, I think Indiana, they're coached well. Um, mm-hmm. McMillan, he's a good coach, and I think they have an identity. It's yeah. it's something that other teams strive for. They they don't care if they shoot mid range jumpers. They don't they don't need to shoot all these threes every mm-hmm. game. Indiana is really big on playing at the pace that they need to. They're somewhere in the middle of the league at pace. Some teams think they like the Lakers. Let's say they have to push the floor, have to yeah, push yeah, the floor, yeah. and then San Antonio's slowing it down. The Pacers play to the game that they need to play. They play great defense. They got a lot of athletes, and I think they're really going to give the Cavs a hard time in Game 7. Yeah, I think everyone's like, oh, it's LeBron, it's at home, like, it's a lock. Like, no, it isn't. Like, I think the Pacers-Cavs series is so remnant. It's so similar to the Jazz-Thunder series. It's like, Thunder have the star power, Cavs have the star power. But it's like, you watch the Jazz and the Pacers, and they have that brand of basketball, that identity every single game, whether they win or not. It doesn't matter, but you know what you're going to get from them every single night. So it's honestly, I think it's up to the Cavs. If the Cavs want to play good basketball and other guys want to show up for LeBron, I think they'll take care at home. But you know what you're going to get out of the Pacers, and, and if the Cavs play below their level, they're vulnerable in this game. That's a, like a veteran NBA commentator thing is to say they have the best player on the floor, so they're going to be the favorites. Or, yeah. or they may be the better team, but they've got the best player on the floor, and that's mm-hmm. huge in the playoffs. I think that definitely is true. And if you look at Milwaukee-Boston, yeah. I think Boston is that's better true. coach. They're the better team. But Giannis is just he's incredible. Keeping, he kept them in the series. And you look at, like, AD in, in uh, New Orleans, I don't think – I think the Pelicans were the better team that series, and uh-huh. that's why they swept them. But I think having a guy like AD was, against the yeah. Warriors, who I think it's tough between KD and KD AD. And, that's such a hard list. Yeah, that's that, a, that's a toss-up. Yeah. But – Having AD on your team is definitely an equalizer against anybody you play against. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, AD's, there's no matchup for the, Anthony Davis. Yeah, he's absolutely unreal. So Sam, I was texting him what he wanted to talk about, and he said, "Honestly, I just want to have fun with it, get out there and talk basketball." But he did have a good idea to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of GMs, have some bold opinions. We both have them about what to do in this offseason. We all know it's going to be a crazy offseason. A lot of unrestricted free agents. Maybe some guys could get traded, and then you, we have some major draft picks that could be franchise-changing or keep the franchise relevant in Cleveland's case. So the first major situation is going off the Pelicans. You just make the trade. You trade Buddy Heald and a future one for Boogie Cousins, and you're playing 
your playstyle elevates a little bit. You're still on the cusp at 7-8. Boogie gets hurt. Anthony Davis turns it up. Top three player. It turns to a potential MVP candidate. Then you go in the playoffs and you sweep one of the hottest teams of this in the season with Damon CJ and Anthony Davis plays out of his mind. You see inside of Drew Holiday. We haven't seen since 2013. And Rondo looks like his old self. Cousins' contract is expiring. GM Dale Demps, what do you do? I have a question for you first. Are the Pelicans a better team I don't without I don't know. I DeMarcus can't Cousins? I can't tell. Because you watching think they, them, they win more games. I think they win more. I think they you win do? more because I think it, it's just so hard. When they acquired them in the first place, I was like, I don't know what they're going to do because they play the same position. It's not even like you have one true post-up. It's not even like we're having two centers and like Drummond and AD, like a Drummond just chills in the post. Like These are both guys that are so good because of their ability to stretch the floor off the bounce, pass the ball, and they're both on the perimeter. So I think either if they're going to re-sign him, they need a plan to maybe stagger them more, find ways to get the ball in the hands of Rondo, because at the end of the day, the, the offense flows better when the ball's in the hand of Rondo. And then Drew Holiday is, gets to be the professional scorer that they paid him to be. And look, I don't know if long-term they're really better without Boogie, but it's just so hard for me. I think they already wanted to do a short, short-term deal. I don't think Boogie's going to have any part of that. Obviously, that's the perfect situation. Sign him to another two-year deal. CI rehabs back from the injury. And then you get a bigger sample size. But I just have so much trouble signing Boogie to like that max five-year deal when you've really been playing your best basketball as of late without him. So I'm a GM. Um, I think that I watched that Rockets game when Boogie went down, mm-hmm. and that yeah. was playoff legitimacy. That was... They, I mean, they play... The people do forget. They took them... That was down to the wire. That was... That was... A game where I first looked at the Pelicans and said they might win more games with Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. but I think you sacrifice a couple wins during the regular season to be legit in the in playoffs. The playoffs. That's I fair. think That's they fair. have they could build an identity. Um, I think Nikola Mirotic signing or trade is one of the best moves of the season. Yeah, um, well, he is that Omar Sheik. Yeah, or, <laughs> and maybe a first rounder. I forget. It was but, I'm, it was like a stupid trade. But. Uh, Nick Nikola Mirotic has really revitalized his team after he shaved his beard. Um, I think, I think you only so often get a player of the caliber of Boogie Cousins, and I trust. If you you have to trust what the training department is telling you, you have to trust his health. If they say he's good to go, it's a tough injury. Um, it's a, it is a tough injury to a big dude, but um, I. Th- there are two. There are two options. One option would be re-signing Boogie. I think you have Miritich another year on a team deal, huh. on a team option. Yeah. Um, Drew Holiday's locked up long term. He's locked up. Yeah, they locked uh, up. So if you, you kind of have a big three with um, Holiday, Holiday, AD, and Boogie, and mm-hmm. hope Alvin Gentry could do something to put them together, or. You could kind of clear up some room on the under the cap and sign some shooters or some better wins yeah. than Etwan Moore and Solomon Hill. Um, although Etwan Moore is playing very he's, well he's this postseason. Well. Um, but if I had to choose one one direction in this superstar loaded NBA, I'm gonna have to re-sign Boogie Cousins to so a I'm deal gonna, that works. I'm for gonna the give team. you a trade. And this is what I heard talking about the Wizards. Because all the Wizards want is Boogie. All they, the Wizards they, want They is think he's like going to be the savior, and him and John Moore are like the only... It's like you put two like really proactive chemicals together, and then like right. you mix them, and they match because they play at Kentucky together, and they're boys. So they want Boogie. 
I, if you're the Pelicans and the Wizards are offering you, this was the trade. You got Ubre, Otto Porter, and then they give you Gortat just to get rid of him. What do you do? Do you know Gortat's contract off the top I of know, your head? I, no, I don't know it. How bad is it? We can I, look I, it up. I, I, I'm going to look it up. But, but Otto is pretty bad, and I think Ubre is probably still in his rookie, his rookie stuff. I think Ubre could be exactly what the Pelicans need. Um, Marcin is one more year left on his deal for $13 million. Yeah, so he's on an expiring contract. Uh, but then you get your two wings. I know. It's tough. I, I think watching watching the Pelicans this offseason, that's a trade I'll seriously have to consider. Because mm-hmm. Otto Porter can score, period. Yeah. Um, he's a good defender, and he brings another element to that Pelicans team where if you were running... Uh, Rondo at the one, Holiday at the two, Porter at the three, Miritich, AD, with Etwan Moore, Solomon Hill. And uh, bring some energy and Ubre off the bench. Ian Clark, Kelly Ubre off the bench. That's a dangerous team that comes at you with a lot. It's definitely a trade I would have to consider. And I think if you're the Wizards, you got to do that because we're talking about Wizards need to make moves. Oh, that's that's a no-brainer for the Wizards. That's your jump. You have to do that. Maybe throw in a pick, but like you got to kind of do whatever it takes to get that star to elevate you to the next level. Or I think the, uh, the cycle when in, when negotiating trades. I think if you look at one team and you say, eh, probably, and you look at the other team and you say, a hundred percent definitely, <laughs> something's wrong. So <laughs> fair, that's the fair. Wizards are going to have to throw in some picks or yeah. um, maybe a younger prospect. I don't even know if they have younger prospects. Who even knows? But, uh, probably a pick. But probably I think pick. definitely a pick to maybe equalize the trade. But I think that's a good deal. All right, and then we have. The weirdest story in the NBA, officially, Kawhi Leonard, R.C. Buford, what do you do about him? you got to trade him. I mean, if we were talking about Kawhi um, last year, this time, or before he got hurt, I think so that's tough. There's no, I think it's death, taxes, and Kawhi Leonard scoring 25 points. Yeah. I think there's he is all NBA, he's NBA Defensive Player of the Year, um, top – three two-way player in the league I think he's incredible I think uh Kawhi Leonard is I I I've tried so many different perspectives from where this is all coming from with him if it's a contract thing if he's actually still hurt and his people don't want him to re-aggravate the quad injury or that's, if it's a personal thing against pop which the comments he made the other day were really weird I, about less practice yeah yeah I, 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 I have to I don't know. It's so weird. Like it's the weirdest story. You can't comprehend it. But if I, I mean, we could talk about Kawhi for the whole podcast. I, I think it has to be a personal thing with Pop. He had to. He had to have butted heads with Pop. And we're not talking about like Pop is great. Don't get me wrong, great coach. But it's not like no one ever has butted heads with Pop before. Like he is Marcus that kind of guy. Butted heads with Pop last offseason. He's, he's that kind of guy. Right. Like, it's that. It's like my way, the highway. And if you take the highway, we're gonna have some issues. Well, Lamarcus said, "Trade me," and Pop said. Uh no, no. <laughs> so Lamarcus comes around and I think he's all NBA second team. This I had year. him on my second team. Yeah, yeah, I I think he's having an outstanding year. Um, but I I think with Kawhi, if you're from the Spurs perspective, you got to get him in and talk. I think they've talked about that, talked about doing that. But I do think if the media is blowing this out of proportion mm-hmm. and he's actually just hurt, which sounds like the most realistic yeah. of the options. I think you got to re-sign him to the big deal. So um, you think then, there's a chance he's a Spurs? He plays for the Spurs next year? Yes. Okay. 
Um, the thing is, like, he talked about Pop um, not, like, maybe practicing less, but you haven't really heard, you haven't really heard, like, him say that he wants to get out of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. He he hasn't been with the team, yes. And he has just disappeared to New York with his, right. with his team. It's so weird. It makes no sense. But, like, if I'm an opposing team, like, do I want to touch that? Like, what's going on with that? You got to... You really got to know the situation. And that's the next thing. Danny Ainge with the Celtics. You have two stars in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward coming back next year. You have two budding stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Do you give up and any you of those? And you look at top 10 draft picks for the next three yeah. years. <laughs> I think they still have, they got one more pick. I yeah. think it's next year. They have, they the have another pick. pick maybe. And uh, do you give up one of those assets, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, to go after Kawhi? Mm. To me, the clear answer is no. Um, ha- I I would I I think uh, giving up giving up Tatum or Brown. I think Tatum is a superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. I think he's great, but I do think if you have the option for the Spurs to take on Jalen Brown, um, maybe the Kings pick or mm-hmm. something. And maybe Marcus Smart or Spurs or maybe Terry Rozier. You got to do that. I I think if you're comfortable with Kawhi's situation and you iron everything out, you got Kawhi on an expiring deal. The Celtics are your NBA Finals favorites. If you get if you get Kawhi, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward at the two, Kawhi at the three, Jason Tatum and Al Horford. That's I mean NBA Finals. it's It's such a scary team, but then it's like, what happens when? Kawhi doesn't want to doesn't resign show up. And, or yeah. doesn't show up or um, like goes back to New York and then you're left because you could literally have Tatum and Brown like being those two guys in Boston for the next 12 years right you got to know you got to know you, you that you have long-term stability sure. because for Danny sure. Ainge when he made the he finally moved his assets and got Kyrie mm-hmm. he definitely locked up Boston's future I think Kyrie loves it in Boston and I think um Hayward does too mm-hmm. so when the cap clears up when Kyrie and Hayward are off their contracts and Tatum and Brown need to be re-signed. I think that's a core you could have for, like you said, 10 years, that's, like a decade uh, yeah. in Boston, winning, yeah. I think, championships with that that's team. That's championships. Yeah. At some, I mean, you just got to figure... Is that something you mess up? That's, that's the question. Yeah, I, I think you just have to figure that at some point the Warriors dynasty is going to break up, and by the time the Warriors dynasty breaks up, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are 24 and 25, and are just taking the league by storm. That's another another interesting GM situation is the Warriors. That yeah. kind of goes underrated that they're gonna have to make. They have um, to make a there's choice. some good. Uh, um, I think Bobby Marks wrote an article about the Warriors mm-hmm. cap situation. Um, he talked about how you're gonna have to resign. You resign Steph, and Clay and Draymond are on these generous deals that are expiring yeah. next year. It's a, a very in- interesting offseason next year. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I was the Warriors. Because they're already deep in the luxury tax. Assuming you can't bring all four back, I think you gotta you gotta let Clay walk. Really? Like I, it's so tough. Clay's because one of my favorite players. Clay's so good. I, so I mean, good. I was like literally raving about him watching that last game. He's so good moving off the ball. He's second. He's probably one. He's top five shooter in the league, hundred percent. Oh yeah. And they need him, but it's like. I guess I don't know. I feel like Draymond's gonna take less money than Clay will. I definitely think Draymond takes less money, especially if the market isn't as great for him. I don't, I don't think there are any. There don't, are yeah. a lot of teams with cap. So like, let's say the teams with cap are like Atlanta 
and like Dallas. They're not like, oh, let's let's, let's go, spend let's on an aging Draymond Green. 100%. Let's give him the max. Yeah, no. I think, especially in the market that is going to be appearing where it's a little less lucrative, I think he takes money less money to re-sign with Golden State. Yeah, I agree. I think that's. I mean, that's going to be tough when that comes when the day comes where Calais is probably going to have to make a choice, because at the end of the day, you can't in this day and age. So it's so hard to have four superstars on your team. But I think if you're talking about Clay and Draymond for the same amount of money, I think it's a no-brainer. You bring back Clay. Right. But I think Clay's going to want a big contract. And I, don't I think, think he deserves one. He deserves it, 100%, and rightfully so. I mean, it's to a certain point, it's like, okay, let's say they win it this year, and then they win it next year. Like, that's four championships. Or even if they win this year, lose next year, whatever. That's three championships. Like, I think he's going to want to go do his own thing, and rightfully so. Go get I, that I contract. think there are two guys... That you are genuinely surprised when they miss shots, and it's Steph and Clay. Yeah, that's true. I, I think watching Warriors games, if they're open, if they have the slightest open look, I think you're like, wow, they missed? Yeah, and first of all, it always looks so good when oh, they're shooting. Oh, so, like, so nice. Like, Dre, uh, J.J. Redick is one of the best shooters in the league, but like, some shots he'll take, and like, wow, it just didn't look good. Like, right. His feet are all whack, and like, yeah, it's a shooter. They practice their shots. Like Him and Kyle Corbett practice their shots every single day, but like Steph yeah. and Clay make it look so good every single time. When Clay goes one for six, I'm like, what? how? Right, it it right. makes no sense. So Warriors, interesting situation, not, not this year, but the next year. That's, yeah, they're, that's like trouble in paradise. It that's, is. They're fine. Yeah, they're fine. they'll figure it out. And then staying in the state of California, you have the Lakers, Rob Plinka, and Magic Johnson, they're up for a big offseason this year. So, underrated. It hasn't really been talked about that much. They brought in Isaiah Thomas. He's on the last year of his deal. Do you even want to re-sign him? I think, I think that the best move for the Lakers with Isaiah Thomas is to re-sign him to a short deal, mm-hmm. maybe one or two years with low salary. I think anything above $10 million is maybe a little stay away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think the interesting question when it comes to the Lakers is they don't have draft picks, so it's what do you do when the offseason rolls around? Are you waiting patiently again to say, roll over cap to next summer and hope mm-hmm. that Clay or Kawhi land, like, falls into your lap? Or um, do you go after – I don't think they're getting LeBron. I don't think they're getting LeBron either. I, we'll I talk about LeBron. I just but don't see that happen. It, make, it doesn't make sense for him to go. But there. do you go all in on Paul George? And I do think, you think a core of Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, and George can beat the Warriors or the Rockets? I don't know. I don't think they can now, but I think you bring in Paul George and maybe on the back end of his prime, maybe you become competitive. But I think it's like for a little, such a long time now, it's like, Everyone talks about the Lakers for this prime destination for free agents, and it just never happens. So I think if you're the Lakers, like you gotta go out and sign Paul George. It's, it's his hometown, L.A. He's 100% leaving Oklahoma City. There's no doubt in my mind that he's leaving Oklahoma City. But I mean, I think you have to go in all out for him. I mean, you cleared the cap for him. You gave up that Mozgov contract, and I think you have that cap for a reason. I don't know how soon you're going to be competitive, but I think you need to bring him in, show the young guys what it's about. At the end of the day, like Paul George is still an all-star. I mean, he's, right, kind, of, no, he's, he's, he's kind of falling off, but he's still a really good player. I think we've talked about superstars this entire podcast. I think with the Pelicans, they have a superstar on their lap. The Spurs, superstar right in front of them. you got to do something to corral these guys. Mm-hmm. So if Paul George wants to come and be a Laker and wants to come lead your you franchise and the help, the young, guys, the, whole help the young guys develop – 
there's no reason you should not give him the max. Yeah. I think I think to to roll over cap and hope that Clay or Kawhi just falls into your lap and they want to come to LA is kind of like selfish and kind of not mm-hmm. very forward thinking. I think if you have the opportunity to bring in a player of Paul George's caliber with this young developing core, I think it could be very advantageous for the Lakers yeah. if Paul George is like, I got to come to LA and be yeah. a Laker. Honestly, I think the whole LeBron to LA situation, I think there's no there's no reason for him to go. I mean, I'll, I want to get into LeBron's free agency. We'll get into that later. But like, what's the pitch? There's no pitch to LeBron. Like, you're not going to win now. Even with, okay, a core with Ball, George, LeBron, Kuzma, and Ingram, they're not being the Warriors, the Rockets. I think wherever LeBron goes, he should be trying to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that'd I be the only reason. happening for him in LA. That'd be the only reason to leave. That'd be the only reason to leave Cleveland. But back to Palinka, I think, I think you kind of stay away from LeBron and you just focus in on Paul George, throw him the max, give him whatever he wants, because I think you got to bring him in. You have to, and I think Paul George could flourish as a Laker. Yeah, he, he's back. He's back to the number one guy. With I think one of the best facilitators, Lonzo, trying around. to get him the ball. Um, he would help Ingram a ton. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they would spread the floor and Kuzma shooting threes. I think Kuzma's so good too. Yeah, Kuzma's good. I I hope his his ceiling is higher than I think it is. I, you don't think it's high? Uh, I th- I think. I could tell by your reaction. I said Kuzma's so good, and you're like, ah, I know. Uh, Kuzma's I know. great. He's a great player. I think he's first, arguably first team all rookie. Uh-huh. Um, but I think I think I don't know if I had him. I think I think you just missed it. Right. I I, I I'm not sold on Kuzma being a franchise cornerstone for the Lakers. That's fair. I think that's fair. But that's why you need to bring in Paul George because I think he get a hot start, need a good summer I think, league. I think Kuzma's a really good player. He no doubt he hit the rookie wall about. 30, 40 games into the season. But, I mean, you can't dispute the connection with him and Lonzo Ball, and that's your future. But I think right. you bring in Paul George, you bring in a star, show him the ways, and kind of take... Because there was a point where, like, Kuzma was the Lakers' number one guy. As he a was rookie. killing it. He was off killing the bench. He's starting, he's starting a and little... So when you bring in Paul George, you take some of the weight off him, let the game come to him a little bit more. He's in his rookie year. Uh, so I think he's bound for a good career, but I think Paul George is essential to this team's development. So then also... Knicks, both Knicks, you're a Knicks guy, right? Yeah, big Knicks guy. Two big Knicks guys. Big offseason for the Knicks. Before we get into this, did they, they botched a draft last, last year, right? Not yet. They, not yet. They, you're I not think, ready? Uh, I think saying that Dennis Smith... I, I, Dennis I, is Russ, by the way. Dennis is next to yeah, Russ. Um, Inefficiency. Maybe, but I think Neil Aquina um, was 18 for the majority of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, look at someone like Jalen Brown. Um, his rookie year was kind of like a disappointing offensive. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Neil Akeen is Jalen Brown, but I am saying that it takes time. Um, guys who come in with elite defensive skills right away and elite athletic ability. Um, I think Neil Akeen's size, arms, I think his his body is where it needs to be. Like not strength wise, mm-hmm. but length, uh, length, yeah. and his frame is good enough where he could develop and grow into his grow into his frame and become. Um, like a great one of the great not not one of the great two way players, but a two way player who could really help the Knicks win some games. Oh, you would watch. We would watch. I would watch games throughout the season. Like, wow, like Nikola's really damn good. Like he'd make some passes, he'd make some plays, and honestly, I just want him to shoot more because I feel like he can score, but he's been passive lately. 
I mean, he'd start to pick it up towards the end of the season. Yeah, there was a there was a Knicks Hornets game in Charlotte that I was watching, and he was going for it on the pick and roll. He had like mm-hmm. 14 points in the first quarter yeah. or something in the first half. Um, I think the Knicks kind of they've been really pissing me off because they like have been. Not making up, it's a true stat, but like the, the Neil Aquino best pick and roll defender in the <laughs> league. They've been really pushing that one really, really, really hard. And like on Instagram and yeah. Twitter, oh, Frank Neil Aquino, incredible pick and roll defender. That's not a thing, dude. That's not a thing. According First to all, Synergy Sports. Synergy's legit, though. Yeah, I, no, we can't I hate love on Synergy. all those analysts. Synergy is second spectrum. Legit. Yeah. But, I mean, that's such a stupid stat because to me, like, pick and roll defense is all on the big man. I mean, yeah. It's all of. in the big I, man. It's how the big man plays it. How does he contain the guard? The guard's getting screened. How are you the best pick and roll a, defender? I think it's a two-man dance. It is. Um, how can, I don't understand going, that. Going back to Neil Aquina's development, I think um, new coach in there, mm-hmm. kind of new energy. Uh, who do we want? <sighs> it's got to be Mark Jackson. No. Why? I think no. It better not be Budenholzer. I want him. Budenholzer. Why? Budenholzer. I think Why? Budenholzer is... A great coach, um, his his like team team first uh, ball movement offense is something that I think translates well to the NBA. I think he's got a terrible roster this year. That's fair. The, the and Hawks he's in a awful. bad situation. There was a report that came out from Woj that's saying like a owner kind of criticized his coach for winning a late game down the stretch on the road <laughs> against a good team, and immediately I was like. Oh, I watched Hawks Celtics and Brad Stevens kept his bench in for the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that game, yeah, yeah. but Budenholzer, they won it like one hundred four, one hundred. Yeah. Like that's the first thing that came to my mind. But I, I think Budenholzer is a good coach, is established NBA coach. I think Mark Jackson, if he comes to the Knicks, I just like don't see him as the guy that's going to develop develop someone like Trey Young into the next Steph Curry. I don't believe that. So okay, we'll talk draft because you I that's fair. I don't think he develops that, but I mean we're talking team aspects, which is great. I love it. You need we talked about this before, you need an identity in the NBA if you don't have a superstar. Right. I mean Porzingis is really damn good, but he's coming off the ACL injury. I wouldn't claim him a superstar just yet. We need that identity. But the Knicks are gonna need to make some moves because I personally hate Michael Beasley. I think they, it was like a cool a cool stint for them to like get him to score some points, probably like eighteen a game at t- for a stretch. But like if we if we bring in Boonholzer, what would he do with guys like Michael Beasley and Trey Burke who like aren't about that team aspect? I think Trey Young. I mean, not Trey Young. Trey Burke. Uh, do we resign him? I, I think we gotta keep him on the team. I think I he's he's had a great end of the year and really showed what he could do with. Uh, significant minutes mm-hmm. um i don't know if beasley's in the Knicks' future but they're really in a weird spot because the ennis canner uh contract i think he's said he was going to opt out mm-hmm. which is really interesting um it kind of clears up some room for the Knicks. we have some long-term bad contracts like courtney lee joakim noah yeah. well, um, joakim noah that's Jesus. a different story but um Jesus. i i think the Knicks have a couple options but none of them are very appealing, and none of them really push the Knicks towards the top of the Eastern Conference. I think that's true, but I think the draft is going to be huge for the Knicks. Yes. The draft is huge because we have so many holes to fill, and this draft is top-heavy. Once you get outside that top 12, it's probably a significant drop-off, but 
God forbid the Knicks fall out of the top 12. We're in that 8 to 9, maybe 10 range. To me, I think you're through. I think it all depends on what you do with Trey Burke. I think if Trey Burke's, if we don't, if we choose to not resign Trey Burke and Trey Young is on the board, I don't know how you pass. I'm a huge Trey Young guy. Yeah, I I don't believe I, I think Trey Young's gonna be good in the NBA, but um, I I think this kind of fool's gold with Trey Burke. I think any point guard with true. his attributes could get 30 minutes a game and put up his numbers. Um towards the end of the season. Uh-huh. I think taking a step back, it's not like Trey Burke's a top 20 Trey Burke, point guard in the Trey NBA. Burke, Trey Burke wasn't getting minutes for the first five years of his career. It's not like he's a top 15, 20 point guard in the NBA all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. a lot of Knicks fans want to think. I think the Knicks, I think Porzingis' health is number one. Yeah. Um, Neil Keenan's development with a new coach is number two. And I just think Canner though. I think we need Canner. He's a beast. He's so good. He's like a beast. he's so underrated. I think if you bring back Canner, then you can get I we'll do we'll talk about the draft at the end, but like I love Mikael Bridges. Right. And if Mikael Bridges is too. on the board for the Knicks, he's like, high on my I get I love Trey Young, but it's like, okay, fine, we have Nitilakina and like Trey Young is a scorer, but you need a true scoring guard who really like it sounds bad, but like not that they don't want to pass, but they don't think facilitating because Nitalikina is probably he's a primary facilitator. You need that scoring guard right next to him. So I think if you're able to bring back Canner and then bring in Macau Bridges, I think that's a really successful all season for the Knicks. It's definitely a another maybe five hundred, a little bit under five hundred year for the Knicks next year, it mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah. Um I think once these contracts blow over and once um we re-sign, I mean, Porzingis to a monster deal. Mm-hmm. I think this upcoming, if he's healthy, this upcoming year, um, I think that's when you can really start to like play around with the future of the Knicks. Like, mm-hmm. I think the the Knicks in two years hope their goal should be to get to where the Lakers are, like right now, in terms of team structure. Not uh-huh. not in terms of wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely I, not I in terms of you. wins. I hear you. But I think in play for a superstar, come to New York. You, I mean, you have an idea of where your future is. Right. Yeah. And I think the Lakers' future is um, brighter than the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I think for they're different, but I think the Knicks have to kind of still rid themselves of Phil I Jackson's mean, think, dumpings on this yeah, team. Absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. So then we have, we already went through the Wizards. Interesting deals could be on the table for them in the offseason. And now the biggest offseason storyline the Cavs and LeBron. I, I have a proposition before we start the LeBron. So I want to hear it. Let's hear Here it. Here we go. GM of the Cavs, mm-hmm. Kobe Altman, you get this deal. Would you take, or not not a deal, but if you're LeBron, would you let him walk? Like, let's say he does walk. Mm-hmm. What's the next, like, I, I don't understand what you, what this you is kind of like LeBron, like I was just saying, like Phil Jackson's remains, this is kind of like, this roster is, is LeBron's remains. Tristan like, Thompson, Tristan J. Thompson, Smith. yeah, these yeah. guys, like you're building around Kevin Love and hopefully a good draft pick. Well, that's, that's why, this is the most important pick in the draft because like, okay, yeah, the Kings have another top five pick, okay, right. the Hawks have another top five pick, the Grizzlies have another the top Suns, five pick, yeah. but like this is either going to bring back LeBron and make them somewhat relevant if they can hit the jackpot. Or this is what starts your like post LeBron. If they, strive if they for lose tomorrow. If they lose tomorrow, he's gone. You think? 
Ah, ah, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I don't know why I said that. Because I'm on the camp where it's like, LeBron, here's the thing. KD's legacy got tainted for a little bit because he went to the Golden State Warriors, which were probably, which were the most winningest, the winningest team in basketball, and they just lost to LeBron. Now, I've been on the, I've been advocating for KD. It's like, we're showcased, we're seeing why he left because Russ can't play, he can't play with anyone. But he caught flack for going to a team where he's going to win. LeBron, when he went to Miami, that fir- the first time when he went to Miami, he went to Miami to win. No, he didn't join the winningest team in the NBA the previous year, but he went to Miami to win. KD went to a Golden State to win. LeBron needs to go somewhere where he's like guaranteed to be in the hunt to win. And to me, the only place he goes to do that, and he can go to do that, are Philadelphia and Houston. Those are the only places. And of course, it's like LeBron is always going to be in the hunt because it's LeBron. But like we're seeing now, it's not that true. I think if he were to leave and then not win, his reputation in Cleveland would be tainted for no reason. So I think LeBron, I think first talking about the Cavs, I think the Cavs, if LeBron leaves, they go from a top one of the top four teams in the East to fighting for bottom playoff position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and K-Love, the, I love de- K-Love. Depending upon the draft. Yeah, too. I love K-Love. Yeah. Um, I think some of the pieces they added, like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, um, Rodney Hood, I think they're all good, um, mm-hmm. but they're kind of like, they're mediocre. It's a it's a weird situation. But yeah. for LeBron, I'm gonna say this. I think Houston is not I, I don't think it makes sense for either Houston or Philly to I don't, take LeBron that's, on. That's my thing. I it make it doesn't make sense for a team to t- for either of those teams to take him on. I was I was talking to Max last night and I was like, if you're Philly, do you take him on? And is it worth it for two Why mess that up? That that's why I told him. I was like, I get if your thing is like for two years you wanna have LeBron teach those young guys like what it takes. But I'm like why, why you're stunting Ben you, Simmons? Why would you do like, you're stunting Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons to, is one of my favorite players in the league. I said, I said I was watching the preseason. I was like Ben Simmons going to be my favorite player in the league for the next 10 years. I think he he it doesn't make sense. I mean basketball wise they would probably figure it out if they have LeBron. That's, but yeah, that's I do think I do think despite the fact that you would figure it out, why at such a young age when they're finally hitting their stride and you saw the locker room video with them pouring the chocolate milk on Brett Brown. Dude, they and, love each other. And I, I don't know why you get in there. The LeBron bombshell that would hit that team would be insane. So, And Houston doesn't really make sense because you already have the balls in Paul and Harden's hands enough, and they look really good. I'm going to tell you where LeBron should go next year. I'm here. The New Orleans Pelicans. Can they even take him? I think... It's I just, saw this somewhere, oh, it, um, and it really sparked my imagination. I think you lose Boogie. He's on a big deal. Fine, That's a lot please. of cap that goes away. You could figure it out with clearing enough room, I think. Like, I think the room could work out, but that, like disregarding that for one second, mm-hmm. I think LeBron, AD, Drew Holiday is very, very dangerous. It's scary, but it's just like that makes so much sense. It really, it really does, but the thing is, like LeBron, he can't leave Cleveland if he if he doesn't win. If he doesn't win, he can't just go bouncing from team to team looking for a championship and then striking out. Like, how many more years does he have left of this? Two, three, of like pure dominance. I I'm done doubting LeBron's longevity. 
I'm not gonna put a time to. I'm not gonna put a ceiling on his years. I'm gonna put three. Yeah. Three. Three of like this. Three more of this. Right, and then he finally. Starts and then to he decline. finally starts to like decline. His like up and down, steadily increasing career graph is like finally gonna decrease. But so for me, it's like you need to go somewhere if you're gonna leave Cleveland behind f- for the second time. And he's been preaching. Part of it is Cleveland. He's preached that he's like Cleveland savior. He loves the city. Loves this. And like they got him. He got them to take him back after he came to my after he came back from Miami. He can't leave to like go lose in the Western Conference Finals. And that's what I think happens if he goes somewhere like if he L A. Like what if he were what if he goes to Philly and then they lose to Boston with Kyrie? Hmm. I mean, you can't do that. You it's can't tough. do that. It's tough. I think I think LeBron going out west is something he's never uh, he entertained. Can't. Yeah. Um I think KD has got a stranglehold on the west for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um I I love the Rockets. I've loved them all year, but it's hard to pick against the Warriors going to the finals again this year. Yeah. Um I just think it doesn't make sense for him as a as a player for his legacy to go out west, mm-hmm. um, that's why like it's but not the, the it's, it's the same East. thing with Kawhi. It's not the most glamorous option for Kawhi to just be actually hurt and not <laughs> beefing with Pop. Yeah, I think it's not the most glamorous option for LeBron to stay in Cleveland. But he has that. I I don't see. I haven't wrapped my mind around him going somewhere else somewhere again. A hundred. That's what I'm saying. It's like I don't think he can deal with the like. Not necessarily on court, but like off court ramifications of like leaving again because Kyrie left him and now he can't win. Like that's really what it comes down to. LeBron has been unreal this entire year. I can't fault it. I said it before. LeBron has been absolutely unreal. But he turned Kevin Love from a twenty six and fourteen guy to a pure three point shooter. So tomorrow night, if if LeBron loses to Indiana, he he's got to take a step back and say this roster that I've I've created, put together I've created along with Kobe Altman. I if we can't beat the Indiana Pacers in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, okay, let's go get Mo Bamba in the draft and we'll have another big coming off the bench. It's, and it, I, I and what, for for LeBron to, like you said, stay three years and like mm-hmm. it's not like his te- it's not like the guys on his team have sky high potential. Yeah. George Hill, he's only getting worse. They, uh, Rodney Hood, I think he's reached the ceiling. I I just don't see Kyle Korver. I don't see like I Tristan. I but even like even if they get a stud in the draft, like Jason Tatum, best case scenario absolute, for the Cavs in the draft is who? Bridges, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter. Mike, I like him a lot. Too. Michael Porter Jr. and Trey Young are the only two players that makes the Cavs relevant, and this is why. Trey Young, it's boomer bust. Like he's the ultimate boomer bust guy. But he at least has a chance to bring you to relevance. And to me, I think Michael Porter. Michael Porter's been number one on my big board since the beginning of the season. I had to bring him down a little bit just because that back is so questionable. But people were making such a big deal about his rusty playoff. I mean, his rusty appearances in the tournament. Like, Michael Porter is single-handedly the best high school basketball player I've ever seen. And it's not really close. Yeah, like, I I saw, six, I saw Michael Porter play on, on TV. In high school, and he was just... It reminded me of... I saw Ben Simmons play twice in high school, in person. Yeah. And I saw him at Keene University Uh in Union, New Jersey. Shout out. Um, (laughs) He played against Roselle and Isaiah Briscoe. 
because right, after the story, I have a question. For, I have and a question about Keen. He he fouled out in early in the not like midway through the fourth quarter, and he didn't really play his best game. But you could tell he was almost kind of bored. That's how be- <laughs> how much better he was than yeah. everybody else on the floor. He he played the same type of game as he does now. He's uh-huh. a facilitator. Does he looks the same? He rebounds, he looks, passes, yeah. and then I saw him play at the Garden at Dick's Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, him that team had like. EJ Montgomery. Was that the team with him and D-Loading? Or was no, that the year D-Loading after? was the year before. So he went Ben Simmons was a senior? Yeah. Okay. So uh, me and Adam saw him play at the Garden, and we were like, holy. He played against Dwayne Bacon. We were yeah, like, holy yeah. crap. This dude is so legit. Yeah. And I saw Michael Porter play the next, like with it, with his brother, and it was like, you watched, wow, Did you similar. watch Porter on TV or in person? In On TV at the, like, it, the Naismith. So you watched him play against Oak Hill? Yeah. That that game from him was like one that solidified it for me where it was like at that time he was number two in like the rankings and they were talking on TV like how is this guy not number one? Like he gave Oak Hill like the smoothest, easiest, like thirty five points I've ever seen. Right. From a high school player. Anyways, so did you were you at the Keen game where where RJ Barrett RJ Barrett I was where Roselle Catholic just Blew, blew like a game. seven point lead in twenty five seconds. Yeah, so me, what, what happened? Uh, my boy Ross, um, I think I forget who else was there, but uh, I think my boy Bernie was there too. But we were watching, and places packed. Anyone who's anyone in New Jersey high school basketball is at uh-huh. this game. R.J. Barrett was very unimpressive for about three not, and dude, a half quarters. I think his game is so quiet compared to dudes like Porter and Simmons. The, um, the, the, this class is not it's nearly, quiet. It's quiet not nearly class. as good as last year or I the think, year before. So, so the first the first quarter was a lot of like back and forth. Uh-huh. Montverde kept throwing these like seven foot white guys going to Gonzaga. <laughs> at, Intrusive. Yeah, and and Roselle. They got off to a slow start, but my man Josh Pierre Lewis yeah, he's came really, off the he's bench. Legit. He's so so fast. I saw him play in the Essex County tournament at home two weeks later, and he again equally impressive, one of the huh. best defenders in the state. Um, but I think Nas is his own animal. Dude, Nas, I, have, I have my own. I have my own. If Nas, if Nas can put it together, I think Nas is kind of too big for the game right now. I think Nas is gonna thrive at the next level. I watched. I watched Roselle. I, they came to DC and they played Paul the Six. And I watched Roselle. I know Roselle as a team like wasn't that impressive to me. Paul the Six handled. I think them. Khalil Whitney is their best player. Is that the, is that the is that the shooting guard? Uh, like the small forward with the with okay, the yeah, yeah, afro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He big dunker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Nas, I think Khalil Whitney is their best player. Not saying Nas is bad. Just saying Nas. Trans his he's almost like not built for the high school game. Yeah, he's almost like ab- above his playing level yeah it's kind of hard to describe yeah anyways back to the draft though i think the Cavs they need to get a superstar if lebron's staying and i think they need to get a superstar superstar in the draft superstar in the draft yeah. if lebron is staying or if he's not staying because i think it's either you're gonna po- start that post lebron kind of climb back to where you were for the last 15 years or you're gonna try to keep yourselves relevant and I think you need a star. You can't afford to get a guy like Jaron Jackson, like we said. I don't right. even think he'll be there for them. But a guy like Jaron Jackson or Mo Bamba. Yeah, a guy like Jaron Jackson. Oh, I finished the R.J. Barrett story. Uh-huh. Is they were kind of just like slowly yeah, coming yeah, back yeah. in that second half, and then like Roselle fully handed the game to yeah. uh, R.J. Yeah. Barrett. Had a nice and one, a sick dunk, and I think I 
I wasn't like I was going into the game like, oh, R.J. Barrett's gonna put up forty. It was, he's, he's not, not like, like that. that. He's not like that. Yeah. yeah, he's not like that. So what you're saying, like Jaron Jackson, is kind of the same thing. Like 20. you watch him and you're like, what? Like oh, Jaron Jackson, he's an NBA prospect. He's gonna put up like twenty and ten That's every so game. True. Oh, my, and it's, it's so, so true. It's so true. disappointing when when you as, a, as an NBA or as a basketball fan when you sit down and watch and then you go watch Sports Center afterwards and they're like oh, this dude's Jaren got Jackson. the sickest potential. Dude, ESP, I'm sick of ESPN. I'm sick of ESPN <laughs> in general. I've go I got a few guys on on ESPN that I really like. I like but I like Will Kane. I like Van Pelt. And I like Van Pelt. Those, who else? Van Pelt. I like um, I like PTI. I like Will Bond. Um, that NBA The Jump I recorded my favorite show on TV good. The Jump is good um, Rachel Nichols is a genius um, <laughs> She knows basketball She knows basketball The guys they have on there um, Pierce is funny Zach Lowe Paul Pierce Zach Lowe's the man Yeah he is Zach Lowe's I think uh, I listen to Bill Simmons podcast He knows his stuff Bill Simmons Yeah And Kevin right. O'Connor Bill Simmons the but, guy uh, Chase thought What sports time does Bill Simmons like? Philadelphia sir that, that, Yeah <laughs> We won't talk about that but Bill Simmons is the guy. All Boston guys. Bill Simmons is the guy. <laughs> um, but anyways, ESPN. Like I'm tired. I was. I went on like a Twitter. I went on like a Twitter rant a little bit, and it was like Michael Porter. They had him at seven, and it was like Michael Porter struggles to win and fit into a system. And I'm like, the Through guy what? isn't step three foot. games. The, no, it was at before Missouri? he played. Oh. It was like scouts fear, and I'm like, scouts fear what? That the guy no. like. You haven't seen him, and you saw the guy in high school produce with the best of them, and then now you're going to throw up, like, Mo Bamba because he's seven feet tall. Like, Mo Bamba's the least offensive skill that I've seen for a projected top ten pick, top five pick, since, like, Hashim Thabit. Hashim Thabit's my boy. No, no, I'm kidding. But I think um, if you look at – I'm just looking at the ringer big board. Um, Kevin no, we O'Connor. Don't, we don't and, look at ESPN's big board. The um, big board. Oh, it's also, like – 10 bucks to look at ESPN's big board. That's a different story. Um, I think they talk about Michael Porter. They compared him to Otto Porter and Harrison Barnes. Um, his his main selling point is his scoring prowess. But He can handle the ball. Though. Like He creates. Like Otto can't create for himself. Porter creates. Michael Porter is my favorite. Like they question his physicality and his, his injury and his He's, passing. But I, Cavs need Porter. They need him. Yeah. They need him bad. And I think how the draft is going right now, he might fall to them. At like He's going to fall. At like a seven. Cavs, if the Cavs get to seven, I think that this is how the draft's going to go, not how it should go. I think it's going to go, I think Bagley goes one, or Aiden goes one. I think Doncic, Bagley go two and three. I think Jaron Jackson goes four. Mo Bamba goes five. I think, who do they have at six? Maybe Bridges. Bridges. I, I don't know that. Mikael Bridges should be up there, but I don't think he is. I mean, the ringer has Mikael Bridges at four on their big board. I love Mikael Bridges. I pray that he gets available for the Knicks. Um, but, I mean, Wendell Carter could be up there at six. One of those big men. Yeah, it's true. I mean, but then at seven, like, you're going to need a superstar. That's the, that's more of the story. But whether wherever LeBron goes, I think the Cavs are in a really good position, honestly. Post LeBron or with LeBron because that draft pick is huge for them. That draft pick's huge. Yeah, hopefully that draft pick can can mask the problems that that roster would have without LeBron on it. That, yeah, that'd LeBron's be doing that right now. You you take LeBron if, away, you're like, what? But if LeBron, what if Le, if LeBron leaves, does Kevin Love go back to averaging 13 rebounds a game? 
Kevin Love's stats since he went in his last year in with Minnesota, he's averaged 13 shots from from two point range from two point. So 20, 13 field goals, non threes. Now he's averaging 6.2 or 6.5. Yeah. Not himself. It's not himself. Does he go back to himself? We'll see. We'll see. If they build the offense around him, yeah, then we'll. He, I think he could be great. So now concluding the NBA season, we're into the draft. Both have some pretty bold opinions about the draft. We already went over what the Cavs should do. We kind of concluded our top five players in a big board, and we'll go from there. But, Sam, give me your top five first. All right. So comparing my top five to a lot of the analysts, I have Luka Doncic at the one. The Euro. DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, three. Uh-huh. Michael Porter, four. So we don't like Bagley. And then I have 5A, 5 and 5A, Bagley and Bamba. Why don't we like Bagley? I think I think watching Bagley, I watched him a decent amount, and then I watched him against uh, Kansas. He's kind of uh, – They didn't give him the ball. They didn't, they didn't give him the ball. It's true. They don't give but him the ball. if you're going to be a big man in today's NBA, the two things you have to do, run the floor – and, he does. and block he, shots. That's true. He I think he, he does, you look at someone fair. like Clint Capella. He does. Fair. That's exactly. He's a human pogo that's, stick. That's how he makes who, his money off. Who that's blocks who shots and runs the floor and catches alley oops. That's a fair point. DeAndre Ayton could do that, or he could play like Carl Anthony Towns. Or Ayton is scary. He Ayton's scary. I think him and Doncic was a tough, tough decision, mm-hmm. just because of how versatile, athletic, skilled Ayton is. Um, I think Doncic. Is Ben Simmons with a jump shot, but Doncic, Ben Simmons. Eh. Um, does he pass like? Yeah, him? he's a sick uh, passer. He's a passer. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Doncic. I'm kind of. I probably should watch more before I talk some like real draft stuff, but I mean from the stuff I've seen, what he's like six seven, he pretty much scores with ease, and it's so impressive because like he's playing like a lot of people don't know this. It's the second best league in the world he's playing in right now right. as a, as an 18 year old and he's averaging I think like 16 he's dominating six and six. Let's see, I and have, like I have the stats up. Playing very efficient. He's averaging 15.1 points, five rebounds, and four assists. Yeah, um, that's impressive. Average that out yeah. for 40 minutes. Oh that's yeah, I saw his 24.2 points, 8.3 yeah. rebounds, and 7.4 assists. Where if you look at someone like. Um, I mean, Aiden's a beast. His Aiden's per forty beast. is twenty four and thirty. That's my thing. That like you look at these guys' stats. His per forty is probably crazy. Bagley's per forty is probably crazy. Like Mo Bamba's per forty is not impressive. Jaron Jackson. Mo Bamba's per forty is pretty sick. Uh, oh no, that's Bagley. That's Bagley. Yeah. There you go. Mo Bamba's just seventeen and fourteen for Mo Bamba per forty. That's yeah, okay. But it's also per forty. That's yeah. not exactly what they did every game. Yeah. So I think continuing with my draft board, I think. I think watching NBA and then I think it's different. I think as an NBA guy first, mm-hmm. I look at the NBA game and I think what, what do teams need? Uh-huh. What do what do teams want in their best players? I think um 3 and D wings who can tra- who can Macau. who can grow into more into more That's into, a, you got into a more right score into a score. Uh-huh. That's what I think Jason Tatum not J- Jalen Brown Jaylen more Brown. is yeah, three Jaylen and D, Brown. but yeah. Jason Tatum's a scoring wing. I think you look at teams and say, what do they need? Every team you can't have enough three and D scoring wings. I think I, yeah. Tra- I think generational talent. You look like DeAndre Ayton. You can't pass on Ayton. You can't. You um, can't pass on him. If I had one, I think Doncic makes uh-huh. everyone better right away. Uh huh. I think he's great. 
I th- but I think it's the hardest part of scouting is like what skills translate from college to the NBA. And I think it's just like you said, like getting that evaluating what the foundation is and then what the ceiling is. So like, let's say we have a three and D guy. How can he grow into what he is? So like for me, I have eight and one Michael Porter two, Bagley three Doncic four. And then at five, I have Macau Bridges slash Trey young. So both have five, five, eight, five, B. But for me, I do like Trey young Aiton, You have once in generational talent. I mean, he would, he, his stats were ridiculous this year. And he, they still didn't give him the ball when he, enough. Um, I, the thing with Bagley, why I don't have him as high as you, um, is, I just, I think he's like, he's not Jaleel. He's definitely not Jaleel. Totally well, different he's, player. He's more athletic. But I think he is a more athletic and a little bit more versatile. But he's not to the point of an Aiton where he's fully different. Bagley. Bagley, if he wants to be like a star in this league, he's gonna need to be able to shoot like thirty six, thirty seven percent from three, like consistently. Mm. He's gonna that's need a tough ask because well, Cat is shooting like forty two percent. Right, Cat. Yeah, Cat's. A but beast. then you have like Embiid's around like thirty three because here's like Bagley is gonna be a star by being versatile. Like Bagley's great in the post, but like. He, there are questions about his right hand. He doesn't really block shots. So, like, Bagley's going to be dominant by being versatile. So, if he can get into that, like... I think every question that Bagley has is answered by DeAndre Ayton. I think... Hey, well, Ayton just does it all. The questions, about, it. the questions about Bagley are his his, out, his shooting. He's, like, shooting, which Ayton is better at, mm-hmm. at right now. His defense is a major question. You watched they play 2-3 against uh, Kansas in mm-hmm. that game. He, he was playing on the wing. They were hiding the him two, on defense. They, the 2-3 the at Duke... Oh, it's so bad for every single one of those guys. I think it dropped every single one of their stocks, except maybe Wendell Carter because Wendell Carter just held down the middle. Yeah, he did a great job. But like Bagley, but Bagley should be playing the middle if you're a top five should. NBA prospect he and should. you think that you're going to shot blocker. If you're That's not playing issue. the middle, he's of the not really shot Yeah, I, he's not really a shot blocker. But I think for Aiden, like Aiden's once not what I wouldn't say once in a generation, but like he's I think he's clear cut number one player in the draft. Only thing that kind of scared me about him was in that Buffalo game in the tournament, he just checked out once they didn't really give him the ball. Yeah. Which, I mean, you don't want to look too much into it because he knows what's next for him, but still, you can't check out and go out down um, 20 to Buffalo. Yeah, so something that I that I have been arguing with my friends before, or before we go, or uh-huh. a question that I wanted to ask you is if you have one season starting next year only one with one of these two guys, who do you pick? Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert? I have one season. Once or let's say like two not not long, long term. Who do you think the better player is Next right year? now? Yeah. So I know I'm not I I know I'm not supposed to say Carl Anthony Towns like right off the bat because that's the whole point of the question. I so my my perspective was Carl Anthony Towns. I think he could do it all, but who's saying Gobert? Because like Gobert is such a difference maker. When you watch him like Russ, every single time they go into the lane, like it's either blocked or altered. It's so hard. And but if Carl Anthony Towns has those, it, he's capable of those games in in against Houston where he scores five points. He, but he's also capable of, of the Cavs, thirty and the Cavs, fifteen. And, that Cavs yeah, game. That Cavs game. Yeah. I don't know. That's tough. But like for me, I think if I'm like I'm building a team around those guys, or I'm just like, what what's the scenario? I'm, I think. Obviously, it depends on your identity as a team. I think Gobert is perfect I think, for Utah. I think if I have scoring 
already I'm taking Gobert. But yeah. if I need a number one option, I'm taking Conte Towns, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely matters on the situation. Depends on the situation. If I were starting a team, I for next year I would have to take Cat just because I think elite scoring is harder to come by. And maybe and you can pick up defensive guys, but there's no doubt Gobert is a real difference maker. I think Legit difference maker. Who's your defense player of the year? I think it has to be Gobert. I didn't do one because honestly I didn't follow it that closely. Yeah. But just in watching like the playoffs in depth, like I don't understand how it could be anyone other than Gobert. Right. Especially if it's gonna be interesting because last time they played Houston in the playoffs, um, or last time they played Houston, the last like few times it's been them trying to expose um, Gobert uh-huh. by bringing him by literally bringing him him outside of the paint they Mm -hmm. would switch on the pick and rolls or they would find some way to get gobert out of the paint Mm -hmm. and then they would attack from there so i think you build around on offense you build around there there are only a few guys in the league and i i can't even name another one where your offensive game plan is not built around your offensive talent it's more built around it's more built around a, a defensive guy. Yeah, that's it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's incredible, especially like, when you're the Rockets and your your identity is offense, right? And, and like you're a, just scrapping what you do because you know it won't work if this guy's in the paint. That's like a defensive ridiculous. wing, like a defensive wing is great. He'll he'll lock someone down, but it's not and like you takes him out. It's, it's you, not yeah. like you're game planning around that defensive wing. Like mm-hmm. the the Rockets game plan wasn't. We got to get we got to get Ariza going. We uh-huh. got to get these other guys. Yeah. It was just. We got to make sure Gobert and is out of the paint. I think Gobert, that's incredible. Gobert's been ridiculous. And, like, I mean, like you said, no one else does that. But I think KD deserves to get some respect for what he done defense this year. Oh, my God. Because, like, for him, he's all offense his entire career. And then he sees that there's a void at the rim. They don't protect the rim. And he's averaging about one and a half blocks per game. I so, think he's, aver- he's averaging more blocks per game than Giannis, which I think, is crazy. I think. At the, earlier in the year, he was maybe over two blocks per game. Uh-huh. But um, I listened to KD talk to Bill Simmons. That podcast was great. Amazing podcast. Great podcast. And he talked about how I'm willing to get posterized. Yeah. I, for the sake of the yeah, team. Yeah, 100%. That was like, that was what I took away from it. And that, I don't know how many guys are going to say that. Right. I don't, I, just, you, I don't know. First of all, that podcast was amazing from a basketball perspective. It was also very funny. And KD is like the coolest guy. Yeah, I've never wanted to like hang out with someone more than KD after listening to that podcast. I think uh, I thought the, the podcast was very funny, and I was very impressed by um, how real KD was. He's so real, so real. That's why I love. He about, care. That's why I love about Rosen. Rosen's real. Oh. Josh Rosen's real. I think Jets lucked out with Darnold. Yeah, but we'll see. We're a basketball podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you have anything else? Any any bold points? I feel like we got to end on something bold. Let's do uh, NBA Finals prediction. Uh, I'm going to go... Teams and winner. I'm going to go Warriors. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to do this. Over 76ers uh, in five. five. Yeah, five. Warriors over 76ers in five. KD gets the MVP. I wanted to say that. I think I think Sixers, uh, Raptors... Would be an insane Eastern Conference Final, dude. I, it's so it's it feels so weird writing off LeBron. It does. It feels so weird. I hate it, but but then you. I've never but been. Then so, you, like, yeah, then you. The look. Sixers were kind of playing the Heat, and they're like, eh, like, like, oh, the Heat are going to game plan against Simmons and and try to stop. And then the Sixers were like, after Game Two, they were like, wait, 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 
D Wade just dropped twenty five on or however many he dropped. <laughs> he dropped like, we're better than twice. them. We're better than that. And they and it showed for the rest of the series that they played did, like the better team. Did you you probably didn't do it. You probably haven't read it. My first the first year I was writing my blog, I was in eighth grade. And after the Cavs went down two one in the finals. They were down two one. I'm not sure if they went down two one. Is this were, when he came back? They were down two one. Uh, I published an article saying LeBron will never ever win a championship in Cleveland. And here's wow. why. And I was like, Oh, it, I remember that. It was basically about how the Wiggins trade kind of screwed them over and they brought in Kevin Love and they messed up Kevin Love's game and they had no chance because basically they're gonna lose this year and then the Timberwolves were coming up and then the and then Sixers LeBron, were coming LeBron. up and then LeBron LeBron. And now I did LeBron LeBron. I I didn't want to go and delete the article like from my Twitter because like, yeah, like I wrote it and I was confident about the analysis of it. And then some Cleveland I saw that. Some Cleveland fan base like comes at me and it's like, never doubt LeBron. And then yeah. like all these Cleveland guys like killing me. So I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. I doubted him. And so especially now it feels so weird to doubt LeBron, but I can't bring my, as a so, basketball guy, I can't bring myself I to think, do it. I think I think um I think my finals prediction is gonna have to be mm, Warriors. I'm gonna say the Warriors, because I think Steph's going to come back healthy, and they're going to beat the Pelicans How in six. Though? How healthy, though? I don't know. I don't think they're going to really need them until, like, midway through the Rockets series. I don't know. I think the Rockets are legit. But I'm going to say the Raptors come out of the East. I think the Sixers are legit, but I think the playoff experience is finally going to show that's a, that's real. when they go into Toronto. That's a real thing. It's it's It has to be. The the Raptors, for as many times as they've lost, it's still playoff experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think they have a great coach. Um, and I just think Simmons and Embiid may look unstoppable at the moment, but I think the Raptors can really play any type of basketball. I think they could put Siakam on Simmons, or they could literally they could play fast, they could play slow, they could play any type of game you want to, mm-hmm. and they're elite on both ends of the floor. I don't know. The, Ra- the Raptors are cheering so hard for the Pacers on Sunday. Right. Like, you can't go play LeBron again. LeBron's not going to lose to the Raptors. They got that LeBron mentality. LeBron that's, that's real. LeBron can't lose to the Raptors. I know. What's LeBron mentality? Like, the Raptors are scared of LeBron. Oh, that's so true. LeBron's in the Raptors' Which head. Which, the Raptors are Raptors. Yeah. No one. If the Raptors are the... The Raptors... I said this on my first podcast. The Raptors are are the Xavier of the NBA. Interesting. Um, One last thing before we go. What is Wiggins' future? Oh, my God. It's so oh he's not good. It's weird. He's like not good anymore. It's like what? It's I like, don't. First like of all, three years ago, if you you look at it and you're like, all right, Wiggins no, will like come around. Thing. Here's the where's thing. Wiggins? I looked. I've I've been looking at his stats like since he came into the league, and like, yeah, he was averaging twenty, but he was averaging twenty two and two. Like, he literally makes zero impact on the game. He's like six seven, can jump out of the gym. He doesn't get rebounds. He's like. Not as good of a defender as people make him out to be. And he can't really shoot. Like, I don't know. I think, I mean. I think he is still young. And he's I think a third he could, option. He's like going to be a third. We can look back on this in like two years and be like, when Wiggins is like second team All-NBA. And it's like, uh, but like, I really don't see it. He's not going to be. He's never going to be that. And it's kind of sad. He is sad. It is sad because they completely stunted his growth by bringing Jimmy Butler. But it's like. You can't. I. It's sad. Okay, he's no. Fu- I don't want to say he has no future, but like it's 
definitely not with the Timberwolves. What's Tibbs' future like look like with the T Wolves? I don't know, dude. They like they kind of got screwed because Jimmy Butler got like they wouldn't have been an eight seed right. if Jimmy Butler didn't get hurt. I mean, people call them the Timber Bulls because it's just Tibbs, it D is, Rose, Todd Gibson, and Jimmy Butler. But D Rose, man, how about D Rose? Good for know. him. Good for him. Yeah, that's I, all I can say. Good yeah. for him. D Rose. Good for D Rose. But honestly, that team is so like. To look back on that, LeBron will never win a championship in Cleveland. Like that focal point was like, they like Wiggins ha- development. It was they handed the Timberwolves like championships by giving them Wiggins because that was after his rookie year. Right. It was like, how could you give up the future for K Love and then do this to K Love and bring him in? So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah. My last point is I want to make that Michael Porter Jr. is gonna be the best player to come out of this draft. He's NBA superstar potential. 6'10", does it all, handles the ball, scores at ease, and he just fits. Like you said, he fits in today's NBA as that scoring wing. So I think Aiden's going to be really good, but I think Porter's at superstar potential, and if the Cavs can scoop him up, I think that'd be huge for them. Any last comments? Final take? Luka Doncic, better than Michael Porter. We'll see. Time will tell. Thank you for listening to the Jake and the Paint Podcast. Signing off with my guy Sam Hurst.